What is up, everyone? I hope you are having a good morning, afternoon, or evening whenever you are listening to this podcast. It is your host, Brandon Owens, and sadly, it is just me today. Sorry, guys, you gotta listen to my annoying voice today. But anyways, I hope y'all are having a good day, um, and there was actually a lot that happened in Gamecock Sports just recently, so let's just dive right in. Alright, so first up, we have the women's basketball team. Both our men's and women's traveled to Evansville, Indiana to participate in the OVC tournament. It is our last time participating in the OVC tournament this year because we will be moving to the A-Sun this summer. So, the women had a heartbreaking loss in the first round to Tennessee Tech. We lost 79-64 to and finished 15-9 and overall. Good season. But wish we wish it had ended differently. This game was very disappointing, like I said. Uh, we were down 44-31 to at the half and got within 8 at the end of the third quarter. Um, the biggest thing that really affected our Lady Gamecocks was we just had way too many shots in the paint um, at the free throw line and um, for field goals. Uh So we had 8 for 12 on free throw compared to Tennessee Tech's 12 for 14. And then on field goals, we had 24 for 60 compared to Tennessee Tech's 31 for 55. So like I said, not not a terrible season. Um, It was actually a pretty successful season considering that we had to deal with COVID this year. Um, So congrats on the pretty successful season, Lady Gamecocks. Wish it had... uh, ended differently. Um, so better luck next year. And hopefully being in the A sun, it's a lot better than the OVC. All right. So our men played last night and we played against Murray state. We beat Murray state 68 to 65 in overtime. It is very hard to beat a team three times in one season. And we swept Murray state in all of our three games. Um, beat them all three times, so congrats, Gamecocks. That was that was very impressive. But this game, oh my gosh, it was so much fun to watch this game. Um, I watched a football game for about three quarters of the um, first half, so once that game was over, I jumped over to the basketball game. And this game was consistently back and forth. Both teams really wanted the win. They wanted to go on to the semifinals in the OVC tournament. But in the end, JSU really wanted it a lot more. And so congrats on congrats to the Gamecocks for beating Murray State in overtime. And we will be moving on to the semifinals. Um, this game was, con- like I said, consistently back and forth. And Murray State's offense was just absolutely on fire the entire game. Uh, K.J. Williams was the biggest difference in keeping Murray State um, close in the game. Um, He had 23 points and 9 assists, as well as um, Tevin Brown was another player on Murray's team. Uh, That that was a huge factor in Murray State, especially in the second half in overtime uh, for the entire game. He had 24 points and 7 rebounds. Um, Tevin Brown and Darian Adams... Uh, I noticed during the second half, they were 
consistently just battling each other and it was actually really fun to watch that matchup because whatever Tevin Brown did Darian Adams matched it and whatever Darian did uh, Tevin Brown matched it so it was a lot of fun watching that matchup right there and then once Huffman came in um, he was playing against Williams and so it was really fun to watch that matchup for the short amount of time uh, they played against each other. Um, JSU just did not give up at all. Uh, they kept pushing the entire game and clearly wanted the win a lot more than Murray did, like I said before. Um, Darian Adams, he just had a huge night. He was the biggest leader for JSU in the second half with 22 points and went 7 for 8 from the free throw line. Um, Huffman, as usual, just an absolute beast in the paint. Um, getting 14 rebounds, and that really helped JSU um, in the game a lot. Uh, Kane Henry, Kane, my man, he's my favorite player. Uh, Kane Henry was playing his heart out the entire game and um, had that fire in his eyes that I remember seeing last season at home games. Um, when I saw that, uh, I was at work watching the game, and when I saw a close up of what he looked, what his face looked like, I was like, "Ooh, Kane Henry is about to go off." Um, and he was just when I saw that, I knew he was going to be in the zone all night, um, even though his stats did not show it. So, again, the game was really good to watch. It was a lot of fun. Um, Murray State is always a challenge for us, so I'm glad that we got this win, especially in the OVC tournament. Um, I don't know what our record is against Murray State in the OVC tournament, but sweeping them three times this, uh, this year, uh, that, that's an accomplish we can take from the OVC. Um, Murray State was just, I wouldn't say they were a disappointment, but it was, it was not fun to see the kind of season they had because they're usually a really good team um so seeing them like this some people would say it's not that good of a win i completely disagree when you see what murray has done in the past in the ncaa tournament in the regular season in the ovc tournament i mean we took down a blue blood in the ovc in the ovc tournament to go to the semifinals so Honestly, this is a really good win. Um, let's hope we can keep this streak going uh, into the semifinals. We play Belmont at 7 tonight on ESPN, so be sure you tune in to ESPN. Uh, plus, if you do not have an ES, or if you're not su subscribed to ESPN Plus, um, it is $5.99 uh, for just ESPN Plus, or you can get a bundle through Hulu, and it gives you Hulu, Live TV, um, Disney+, Plus, and ESPN+, Plus, and I believe it's $12.99 a month. So in order to watch this game, be sure you get one of those subscriptions because I have a really good feeling about how we performed last night. I have a good feeling it's going to carry over tonight, especially with how uh, we played Belmont the last two times throughout the season. Um, but enough of that. Let's get into the game. Uh, Belmont is favored by seven and a half. Um, again, we were playing in the OVC semifinals. Um, my thoughts on how the game will go are we played 
in the first game and lost 98-91. to So, and that game was in Jacksonville. Um, we were 54% from the field, from field goal, uh, 47% from the, from three point and 33% from the free throw line and nine, and we had 19 fouls. Honestly, when you look at the other stats and compare them to Belmont, each team was very closely matched, but what got us was our percentage from the free throw line and how many fouls we had, um, Belmont really has executed on both of those. They had, I think they only missed like two free throws the entire night that game. Um, So not making our free throws and committing so many fouls really hurt us in that first game. And it seemed to be a trend going into the second game when we traveled to Nashville to play them, which was, I believe it was a few weeks ago. I think during that snowstorm. If I'm incorrect, I'm so sorry about that. Um, but the second game we lost 63 to 59. Um, so lost by four. Uh, I actually watched both games and was disappointed both times because we had a chance to win the game and we just did not we did not execute very well. I don't know if we just lost our fire or if we just gave up. Uh, I, I don't know, but Belmont Belmont took advantage of that and ran away with the game. So, we lost 63 to 59. We were 39% from field goal, uh, 27% from three point, and 75% from free throw, but committed 15 fouls. Again, you look at the stats of this game, and both teams were still pretty evenly matched. Um, free throw was a lot better, but Belmont was almost like 90% from the free throw line this game. Um, and for three points for both teams. Uh, in the second game was just, it was not happening. I I think at one point Belmont was 0 for 18 or 1 for 18 or something like that. It was crazy. Um, And it was just not a good night for both teams from the three-point line. Um, But again, free throws and fouls were the biggest reason why JSU did not win this game. I mean, if you're at the free throw line, that's pretty much free points for you. I know you're going to miss some, but when you make less than the other team, especially when you should make those shots, I mean, there's no excuse. You should be able to make a majority of your three free free throws. Again, how do I think this game is going to go? I actually think it's going to go in JSU's favor. Um, I... After seeing how they played against Murray State last night, I think Belmont is definitely going to look at this game and be like, oh, we we beat them two times before, and they didn't really have the energy at the end of the game to finish out the game, and we took advantage of that. I think that they're going to see that and be like, oh, we got this in the bag. We know it's going to be close until the last few minutes, and then we're going to run away with it. I think that is going to be the biggest uh, difference maker if JSU keeps what they had last night. So I I honestly think JSU will run away with it. I think JSU will cover the spread. Um, Don't know by how much. It could be three points. It could be two points, one point, five points. But I think it's going to be less than seven and a half points uh, difference in the score. 
So I, I think JSU will win this and go on to the OVC championship. Now, who do I think will win the other semifinal? I think it could most likely be EKU. They're playing Murray State, or not Murray State, Moorhead State. Those two teams split the two-game series during the season, so it could be a toss-up for this game, and I honestly think that EKU has the advantage over Moorhead State going into the tournament, so I, I think EKU will run away, not run away with the game, but I think they will get the win, and it'll be JSU and EKU in the championship game. All right, so that's the end of basketball. Our women women's season ended, and our men are still playing, so be sure to catch the game tonight. It is at 7 again on ESPN+, Plus. so be on the lookout for that game. All right, so next up, softball. Had a pretty rough start to the season, but we got a win over Southern Miss this weekend, but we lost the other two. So in game one, we lost seven to three. Game two, we lost eight to two. And game three, we won three to zero. So one and one and two in the series, not bad, but we could do better. Um, next up, we have a series against Belmont, March 6th through 7th. Uh, March 6th, the first pitch is at one in the afternoon. Um, on the 7th, we have a double header, so the first game is at the same time as the game on the 6th, and then the second game on the 7th is at 3 p.m. Um, games will, all three games will be on ESPN+, so be sure to catch that on Friday and sa- Saturday and Sunday. Uh, baseball. We had a really good weekend against Valpo. Um, we want we swept the series against Valpo. We won the first game five to four, won the second game ten to two, and we won the third game thirteen to three. Um, we had two more games uh, after that. Uh, we had a game against Auburn that got rained out, and then we had a game at Samford and lost by one point ten to nine. Um, up next, we have a series against Southern Miss, and it will be Friday through Sunday, March 5th through the 7th. March 5th, the first pitch will be at 6 p.m. Uh, March 6th, it will be at 6 p.m. And then March 7th, we will be, uh, f- first pitch will be at 1 p.m. And all those games will be on ESPN+. So... Be sure to catch our women, our softball team and our baseball team this weekend if you're in town. Um, also, before we get into the football uh, segment, there is also another event at Pete Matthews. Uh, we are playing Tennessee State this weekend, and there will be a watch party at Tennessee uh, at Pete Matthews Coliseum to watch the Tennessee State game. So be sure that you check uh, information out for that and be sure to go to Pete Matthews Coliseum and cheer on our Gamecocks. All right, let's move into football. We had a game against Tennessee Tech on Sunday and we won 27 to 10. Um, Tennessee State was ranked, so that was a good quality win for us uh, when it comes to resume for the uh, FCS playoffs. Uh, so congrats, uh Gamecocks, uh, that was a really good win for us. Um, I did go to the game. Uh, we looked decent. We looked decent. I had a few issues with it, but I'll get into that later. Um, 
we did move in rankings this week. So last week when we played Tennessee Tech, we were ranked number 16. Uh, this week, after that win, we jumped six spots, and we are finally back in the top 10. So congrats, Jack, uh, Jack State. We are finally back in the top 10, and we are on a positive climb uh, going towards the playoffs. Um, speaking of the playoffs, Hero Sports, if you don't know what Hero Sports is, um, it is a sports website, and Sam Herter and Brian McLaughlin are the FCS analysts for Hero Sports, and they have been doing an FCS playoff bracketology, um, I think mainly done by Sam, uh, and he has updated it every week. So this week, he actually had JSU as the number four seed. So I think personally, thank you for that seeding, uh, Sam, but... Um, I have actually done my own bracketology, and I do not think JSU has proved itself enough when it comes to um, resume. And so I have them just outside my top four. Um, so thank you for the generous and probably deserving on paper right now, but we have not um, proved it on the field yet. Like I said, I have done an FCS bracketology um, since the beginning, um, and my four seeds in order are North Dakota, uh, not North Dakota State. This is the other university in North Dakota. Um, this is the University of North Dakota. So I have University of North Dakota at one, Weber State at two, Villanova at three, and James Madison at four. Now, why do I have James Madison at four? Some people would say uh, James Madison deserves to be at two or three until proven differently. Well, when you're looking at putting teams in the playoffs as well as deciding who gets what seed, you have to look at resume. Uh, JMU, looking forward, does not have a strong strength of schedule. They played Moorhead State in their first game. They played Robert Morris and actually struggled in the first half. Um, and then moving forward, they only play three teams for the rest of the season, and they play each of those teams twice. They play William & Mary, Richmond, and Elon, which Elon was the only one that was going to be somewhat of a challenge, if you would, uh, for JMU, but Elon barely barely beat uh, non-scholarship Davidson in week one, um, or week two, whichever one you want to look at, because week officially week one was only one game, so it was it's been treated like week zero in the fall usually. But Elon for their first game, they barely beat non-scholarship Davidson, and then last week they got walloped by Gardner Webb, who is usually an FCS bottom feeder. So that kind of tanked JMU's strength of schedule after that happened. So that is the main reason I have JMU at four. Um, for JSU, I, I personally have them outside of my top four at number five. Um, if you were to rank each team for the field, I have them at number five. So JMU is literally one win or two wins away from getting into my top four. So 
we will see what happens moving forward for um, Gamecock football. Um, there was a, again, to build off of why I have JMU as four, the reason I mentioned that is there was a comment on another podcast, FCS Fans Nation, um, about how the four seeds need to be approached. And um, Chris Hammond had this uh, comment and he said the four seeds need to be approached like the FBS. Throw the resumes out the door. Okay, I agree to an extent, but I more disagree than agree. Um, so let's take a look at this. Let's say that the end of at the end of the season, North Dakota, Weber State, and South Dakota State all get the top three seeds, and you have two teams that are looking at that fourth seed. Both are deserving because they ran through their spring schedule and went undefeated in the spring. Team 1 went 8-0, no ranked wins, has a history of doing extremely well in the playoffs and in the regular season, and is ranked in the top 5. Their strength of schedule is really bad, definitely passes the eye test though. Team 2. 7-0 in the spring, 3-1 in the fall, overall 10-1. They have at least two ranked wins, an FBS win, ranked in the top 10, not the best strength of schedule, but better than past years. Definitely passes the eye test as well. So who are you going to take? Team 1, who is James Madison, or Team 2, who is Jacksonville State? Personally, I would take Jacksonville State. I know that sounds biased. But compared to the resume, the resume of JMU, JSU has the better resume and to me deserves the number four seed. So in short, this is why I mainly disagree with Chris. We do not need to approach the seeds like the FBS does because it is completely unfair to teams that deserve a seed or a spot in the playoffs. Because the FBS only includes four teams, whereas FCS includes, this year, 16 teams. So no, we do not need to approach the four four seeds like the FBS does to include four teams in their playoff. It would be easier to take the top four ranked teams, though. But it would be very unfair, like I have said, to a team like JSU who has the better resume and is more deserving. If I misunderstood what you said, Chris, please tell me and explain to me what you were trying to say. But overall, no, we do not need to approach placing the four seeds like the FBS does. It would be very unfair to a team like JSU who has the better resume. Now that we got that out of the way, we actually had a few questions regarding the JSU football program. These first three uh, questions come from Kyler Neal. I am very good friends with him. Met him on the FCS Fans Nation page. And I have actually recorded um, with him on his podcast, Eagle Power Hour, um, when JSU played Eastern Washington last year. So his first question, what is the ceiling of the JSU team? Or in other words, what can this team accomplish? So, I believe that the ceiling of the JSU football team is to get to Frisco. 
Um, it's a very high ceiling. Um, I just don't think this year, depending on how things fall, that we get there. Um, would I love for my Gamecocks to go to Frisco? Absolutely. I mean, I'm going to the championship game regardless if JSU goes or not. So if they make it to Frisco, and since I'm going to Dallas, that would just be the icing on the cake for that trip. Um, but honestly, I think a more realistic goal uh, for them is to definitely win the OVC since we are going to the A-Sun. They want to win the OVC one more time um, and get to the playoffs um, and make a decent run. Um, if they make it to the championship, great. If they don't, that's okay too. Um, I, I think they would love to make it to Frisco, but again, I, I just don't see that happening. Um, so Kyler's next question is, has the coaching improved enough, talking about the down year from last year, has the coaching improved enough to match the team's talent level? Um, going off of the game from Sunday, I think it has. Um, I think your biggest, um, piece of the puzzle was quarterback play, and we have a much better fit at quarterback than Cooper. Now, I know JSU fans are going to rip me a new one for saying that, but honestly, Cooper did not fit our offense that well. I think uh, Zion is a much better fit. Um, I know Kyler really likes him, um, but after seeing Zion play, he fits our offense a lot better than Cooper. He makes much better decisions and I think with what the co coaches wanted to do offensively this year, he fits the mold a lot better. So I think the coaching not necessarily has improved. Um, I think we just fa finally found the right puzzle piece to fit our offense. Now as for defense, um, absolutely. Um, I think our defense... Uh, defensive coaching last year was it was decent but the talent level was so much it, it was so high that I think the players were like outplaying the coaching if that makes any sense um, so I think the coaching has finally upped its level a little bit on the on the defensive side of the ball so I hope that answered your question Kyler um his next question is anticipations for the postseason and what tier is JSU on? So I answered the first half of this question a bit in your first question. Um, I don't know if you really mean uh, my personal anticipations or the team's anticipations of how the season will go for the postseason, um, but I'll give both. So for the first part, anticipations for the regular season I think it's to win the OBC in order to get the AQ and go to the playoffs um, for both per my personal anticipations and theirs um, I think their personal and I think their anticipations as far as the postseason goes um, is to make it to Frisco um, which is a good goal to have I mean every team wants to go to Frisco but my personal anticipations is to be a quarterfinal team at least. Um, 
meaning this year we would only win our first round game and make it to quarters and lose. But depending on what we draw bracket-wise um, in our quarter of the bracket, I mean, we might be able to make it to semis. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, but at least for my personal anticipation for postseason, I think uh, we are at least a quarterfinal team this year. Um, now, your second part of the question, what tier is JSU in? It pains me to say it, but we are not a top-tier team. I think we are on that threshold of a middle-tier and a top-tier team. We, are, we aren't a Sam Houston State who, uh, like, they are a non-Big 3 team and has been successful. Uh, we aren't to that level yet. Um, I think we are a dominant non-Big 3 team, uh, but we are not a Big 3... Uh, we aren't the Sam Houston of past. Uh, I, so, honestly, I think we are still top middle tier, if that makes, or middle top tier. I, I don't know how you would uh, like put that term together, but we would be at the top of the middle tier or the bottom of the top tier. So kind of like right on that threshold. And it pains me to say it, but I have to go with historical facts and facts that are presented to me that I see happening. Uh, we just are not a top tier team yet. All right. So the next question is from Chris Hammond. He is the host of Tubbs at the Club. And if you remember, he was on our episode last week. So his question is, is Coach Gross still on the hot seat, or was the fall enough to keep him? Um, I answered this with Kyler last time I was on uh, FCS Fans Nation. Um, I think the fall, I think he was on the hot seat going into the fall, uh, just because of how bad we were last year um, compared to the past. But I think with the performance JSU had in the fall, it was enough to get him off of the hot seat um, and for us to keep him. Um, with every game that happens for JSU, I see the old Coach Gross of when of my first few years at JSU, 14, 15, um, somewhat 16. Um, so, and I think like I answered in one of Kyler's um, other questions, I think it's a lot to do with quarterback play. So I think having Zion in that is kind of helping his coaching situation because um, Zion is a much better fit for our offense. So, yes, I think the fall, even though Zarek played, um, which he did look a lot better, um, I think just the overall performance of JSU in the fall was enough to keep Gross um, or get him off the hot seat. So, I hope that answered your question, Chris. All right, our next question is from Will Seiler. He was on our podcast last week, and he was actually on the podcast for the past two episodes. Um, his question is, Zion looked solid this past weekend. Is he JSU's dude going forward, or is Zarek still the man when he's healthy? Um, huh. so, realistically, I think Zarek is still the guy when he is healthy. Um, 
personally, I think Zion is our guy. Uh, Zion fits, like I've said numerous times in this question segment, Zion is a much better fit for our offense. He is a runner. He can pass the ball. He makes smarter decisions. Um, If he continues to have a really good season, it honestly would not surprise me if you see Webb as the starter in the fall and not Cooper. But that's not to say Zarek won't get playing time in the fall. I think if Zion has a good spring season, um, you could see a two-quarterback system uh, with uh, Zarek and Zion both getting playing time in the fall. Um, Like I said, I, I personally think Zion is our guy, but realistically, I think Zarek will probably get the starting spot in the fall. Alright, next question is from Will as well. Um, His next question is, How did you feel about the Tennessee Tech win? Was it everything you dreamed of, or did it leave more to be desired? Uh, I personally felt like they didn't play like they would have in the past against a team like Tennessee Tech. So, how do I feel about the win? Um, I felt good about it. Um, I think it was a very good quality win over a ranked opponent. Now, Tennessee Tech is not ranked anymore, but they are still receiving votes. So, the fact that they didn't completely drop out of some people's top 25 makes me feel a little better about the win. Because in the past, Tennessee Tech is usually a not good team in the OVC. Uh, Usually they finish at the bottom for football. Um, So the fact that they are still receiving votes makes me feel a lot better about the win. Um, Was it everything you dreamed of? Absolutely not. Um, I definitely felt like there was more that could have been done. Um, It definitely did leave me wanting more from the team. Um, Because like I said, we usually just absolutely curb stomp Tennessee Tech. Um, And we didn't. But it was still a 17-point win, winning by three possessions. So I I still think it was a good win, but I definitely wanted more from the team. All right, we're down to our last question from the unbiased Bison admin of FCS Fans Nation, Matthew Frazee. His question is, why are Weber State and JMU getting passes as top seeds over a team like JSU? JSU has an FBS win and has played equal or arguably arguably better competition at this point. Um, I think it has to do a lot with history, even though that's not how you should look at this, especially with there only being 16 teams and four seeds compared to eight seeds and 24 teams in the playoffs. Um, I think it's more important this year that we look at resumes rather than historical data um, and historical performances as well. Um, I think if you look at the resume of Weber State and JMU and look into future games, Both of them are playing horrible teams. And I will go ahead and say this. 
if Weber State and JMU lose at least one game, both teams do not deserve to go to the playoffs. Like, especially in my bracketology, if they lose one game, both of them are out. If either team loses a game, they are out of my bracket. So, I think, like I've said, I think it has to do a lot with historical um, facts, data, and performance of both teams because both of these teams are consistent semifinal, quarterfinal championship teams, like caliber teams. And JSU usually isn't, but when you look at JSU's resume so far, we have a ranked win, we have an FBS win. So, yeah, if you look based on resume... We deserve a, a seed above James Madison and Weber State. Um, but like I've said before, I think it's because of historical facts, data, and performance when it comes to the playoffs. Um, so that's all of our questions. Uh, I hope I answered every single one of y'all's questions and that it was good. Um, if not, you can bash me later. Uh, <laughs> so moving on to FCS football. So last week was very crazy. Um, we had 11 ranked teams lose last week. Uh, the first game that I watched, and I have always been high on this team um, going into the season, uh, Chattanooga, or UTC, um, beat Wofford. And so that that kind of puts a question mark on Wofford as... Are they going to win the SoCon? Um, I think right now your top two choices to win the SoCon, especially after VMI beat Furman, are VMI and UTC. Um, But I think there's going to be more chaos that happens, so next week it could probably be two more teams. Who knows? Um... As far as other teams that lost, North Dakota State lost. Uh, they completely got walloped by Southern Illinois, 38-14. to um, And then North Dakota beat South Dakota. Um, forgive me, I cannot remember the score. Um, so, it was, I mean, it was a crazy weekend. There were too many, I wouldn't say too many, but there were a lot of uh, ranked teams that lost that we thought we're going to do absolutely well this year, and it was just going to be another normal FCS season. Well, Chaos was like, I'm going to show up. I'm going to completely continue what I've been doing in other sports, and it's going to happen in FCS sports, and we were just like, oh, okay, hello, nice to meet you. So the biggest question is, is it going to continue into this weekend? Honestly, I think it will. Um, I just don't know how. Um, but the biggest the biggest teams that attract the most fingers are James Madison with how they performed against uh, Robert Morris. I don't think they will lose to Elon, um, but we will get into predictions later. Um, that one is not on my predictions. Uh, so like I said, I don't think that they will lose to Elon, but... With how chaotic last weekend was, every, anything is possible. So I I think it could happen. It's a very slim chance that it could happen. Um, so we'll just have to see. Um, speaking of predictions, 
let's move on into our predictions like we do every show. So, we have one game on this list that has already happened. South Dakota and North Dakota. So, we will skip that one and go straight to the game that happens tonight. It is the FCS Fans Nation Game of the Week. Albany at New Hampshire. Now, last week I went with Chris Hammond on picking Idaho over Eastern Washington, which was the game of the week last week. I have already said that I'm going to go with him again this week, and I hope us teaming up pretty much for the past two weeks, including this week, works out in our favor. He seems to think with Albany's quarterback that Albany will beat New Hampshire. And after listening to what he has to say about their quarterback, I agree. I personally think Albany will beat New Hampshire. It's not to say New Hampshire is a bad team. Uh, New Hampshire had a much uh, better season last year than the 2018 season. Um, So I expect them to come out in this game and expect to win um, and do well this season. But I just don't think that New Hampshire will win this game. So my pick is the Albany Great Danes. All right. The next game is the Illinois State at UNI. I personally think with how Illinois State played last week, this is an easy pick. I'm going with UNI. Next game, Murray State at SEMO. Now, this game is very interesting. A few years ago when SEMO beat Jacksonville State in the regular season unexpectedly, there was only one way that we still won the OVC outright, and that was if Murray State beat SEMO. Well, what happened? Murray State beat SEMO. Now, this year, I do not think that that will happen, but with how well Murray State played last week, Now, granted, it was raining, so y'all might have a different viewpoint than I did. But Murray State's defense looked extremely good. I think SEMO will have a hard time with the defense of Murray State. Um, I expect this to be a a low-scoring game. But I think in the end, SEMO will come out on top. All right. Now for our Jacksonville State Gamecocks, we travel to Tennessee State. This is a game that was postponed because of that nasty winter weather that all Southerners hate. Um, I don't think Jacksonville State will have an issue with this game. I think that we will get the W and come back home and prepare next week for UT Martin. I just don't see us struggling too much against Tennessee State, so my pick is Jacksonville State. All right, guys, that wraps up the show. Thank you for listening today. Um, You can catch us on uh, Facebook. Just look up Cocky Nation, a JSU podcast. Request to join the group, and one of the admins will approve it. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at cocky underscore nation. This podcast is always available on the Anchor app, as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, any other podcast network that you can think of, we're probably on it. 
On that note, fear the beat, go Gamecocks. We'll catch you next time. Boom. Bye.